This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy on along with Greg Waddell. G Wizzy Wednesdays. Yes, indeed. Uh, at G Wizzy 12 from the Field of 68 at the Field of 68 on Twitter. Speaking of the Field of 68, Field of 68 road crew swept through Indiana this past weekend. Uh, I want to say some thank you. So you got some, uh, uh, got uh, the, the warm treatment by the uh, locals in the student, uh, student body. I think you could say that for sure. I think uh, Purdue fans still might not like me too much because they associate me with leading a, a foul campaign against Zach Eady. But uh, I have nothing but respect for that team and that player after seeing it in person. Man, he is generational, to use a word. Like, it, it, he just, I don't know how you stop him. There's never been a guy in this sport that is that big and that good and can play that many minutes and avoid fouls like he he's just unstoppable on both ends of the floor and then Indiana man talk about a place that feels like a religious experience to watch a basketball game assembly hall is one of a kind I can't imagine there's another venue where you just step in and you feel almost like there's some spirits from years past that are just in the the halls of the building Uh, and the good thing for us we got to see Indiana on their A game which uh, is a night-to-night thing with this team this year the the night we were there against Ohio State I mean they went on like a 20-0 run to end the first half Trace Jackson Davis was uh, incredible so I had a blast man they they say Indiana is kind of where basketball was born and bred I feel that a little bit after getting home to Michigan oh man it's a great place I've been to Indianapolis for a final four uh, as well and speaking of Assembly Hall be rocking on Saturday, baby. Uh, that will uh, be Purdue and Indiana. And I was wondering, you know, uh, Matt Humans and I both had Maryland and looking at, and it was two teams that I've been backing, Indiana and Maryland lately. They're both playing pretty well, but a little bit of a look ahead maybe, and that kind of uh, cashed in uh, last night uh, in college. Bars. They went nine in a row now in conference play at home uh, for the Terrapins. Uh, talking about Edie. I have two names uh, that come to mind when I watch him and sort of how much of a handful he is to deal with. Of course, Shaquille O'Neal was so much bigger and stronger than everybody else. Uh, the hack-a-shack, the grab-a-shack, I mean, it was just uh, – it started in college. I mean, they you know they would uh, – to the point where Dale Brown – now, Dale Brown's not exactly the most common coach out there, but rushing out against Tennessee and Carlos Groves and the whole bit. But the other one is Ralph Sampson at 7'4 mm-hmm. for Virginia – because he changed the rules of the game. He was so dominant and so unstoppable where everything, because there were no three-pointers, everything was concentrated around the paint that they said, we, this is unfair. And so imagine Edie without a three-point line. He may have that type of effect uh, as well. So 
that's um, and it's just completely opened up the game and neutralized now to the point where we're much more perimeter uh, oriented at both levels of uh, basketball and college and pro. Speaking of Purdue, the first game you got down nine three and one on the season three and two uh, for Greg on G Wizzy Wednesdays. It's an early start, half an hour early. Big Ten Network six thirty Eastern tip. Number one Purdue at twenty one and one. 10 at home against Penn State. Penn State kind of a, a home and away split. Much better at home than they are on the road. Um, their only road win was back on December 10th, uh, you know, when they snuck in that conference game. They've lost their next three uh, on the road. At home, they're 3-1. and one. The only loss, double digits, uh, 76-63 to Purdue. Boilers, 10 at home against Penn State. Yeah, the, this is... Two teams that I like. Uh, I actually like to bet more on Penn State than I have Purdue this year. Back in end of December, early January, it was kind of like Purdue might be the best team in the country, but they don't cover a lot of spreads. Since then, they've started to create some separation in their win results. Penn State is a very good team when they play their best game. They are a pretty inconsistent team, I would say. And this feels like a pretty sell-high spot to me for Penn State. Uh, Like, uh, we can talk about Purdue with the look ahead. Certainly that could be in play here. But to me, you're not really ever going to catch Penn State in a game after they just blew somebody out by 30. I don't think they're going to have any trouble getting up for this game, but I think they might have just a – this is a pretty big moment. And, oh, my goodness, Purdue's actually so good. What do we do? Penn State doesn't have a center at all. I have no idea how Shrewsbury's going to try and guard Zach Eady. I would assume he might have to play a little zone in this one, which would probably give them the best shot, to be honest with you. But I don't think it's going to matter. After seeing Zach Eady in person, I can't imagine he goes for less than 30 points in this game. Uh, This Penn State team, again, they've alternated wins and losses for a month. They've lost their last three conference road games by an average of 11 points per game. Purdue, 8 of 11. They've covered 10.5 points at home. Uh, I don't feel like we should be scared off by this number. It might feel a little unpleasant at the start, but to me this feels like one the Boilermakers pull away comfortably in the end. And I thought Michigan might be a good matchup for Purdue last week with Dickinson maybe trying to neutralize uh, Edie a little bit. Edie was 19, uh, went for 19-9 and nine, uh, with a 9 of 16 shooting. Um, and listen, I pushed in that game and was very fortunate to. Purdue way the best in Ann Arbor. Uh, last week. So so Purdue minus a 10, the first of five picks we have for you uh, tonight. All right, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN2 in the SEC of uh, Florida and Tennessee. And so what you're looking at, uh, boy, Tennessee, very impressive and uh, double-digit wins, especially offensively. This is one of the better defensive teams or maybe the best defensive teams as far as the metrics are concerned in college basketball in Tennessee. 82 points. They're not going to lose many games scoring 82 the, uh, the scoring is what you want to look at. The total is at 132.5, Greg. Yeah, I'm not a guy who who looks at totals too much. I know there can be value found there, but that's just sort of not my my cup of tea when it comes to sports betting. So when I find one, I, I like to think there's a good reason for it and there might be some value there. Uh, the, the line for me, 132, 
I, it, both these defenses are just so good. They're both top 10 in the country. Tennessee's the best in the country. Florida right now, 10th defensively on Ken Palm. Uh, Tennessee does have the firepower to have a great offensive game. That can happen here and there. Florida doesn't. I mean, they're the 148th ranked offense in the country. And I know you and I have talked about in the past, Jimmy, like they have a hard time getting to 60, 65 points. In six of Florida's last nine losses, they've scored in the 50s. Nine of their last 12 games overall have gone under 132, and there hasn't been a defense as good as Tennessee involved. Uh, you flip it to the volunteer side, 15 times this year, Tennessee has held their opponents under 60 points. I, I, like If we were talking team total for Florida in this game, I don't know what that number is or if that's even available at Bet Rivers, but I mean, I would have a hard time thinking Florida is at 60 in this game. So then you're coming down to how much does Tennessee score? I mean, is this a, a 70 to 60 game that still goes under 132? I think there's some value here. Um, you know, for me, if Florida is going to hang in this game, it's going to be low scoring. They're just going to have to be as good as Tennessee is defensively. Like, they're not going to outscore Tennessee. So I think you could see them slow it down a little more, which isn't necessarily how they want to play every game. But um, I think that's how they're going to have to tonight. 132. I'm surprised it's not in the 120s. Uh, I'll jump all over that. All right, under 132 and a half. Greg's sitting in front of his screen. Dribble, dribble, miss, miss, dribble, dribble, miss. Throw, <laughs> throw it away. Yes, yes, indeed. Those uh, totals, the unders are probably better uh, just to uh, kind of uh, look at the scores instead of that. Those are kind of tough. Uh, well, to, uh, except when, when it's a Todd Golden team, I mean, you might get a lot of those, Jimmy. You never know. <laughs> hey, listen, Randy McKay has given us some of the worst NFL games this year. We're such the, we're some of the easiest undercovers ever. We, <laughs> they all cash the same. Yes, indeed. And, hey, keep in mind, the value is going to be in the unders including Super Bowl props, okay, when you, when you get into that in just a little bit. 7 o'clock on the ACC Network. What about this? Yes, I was that guy screaming in the sports book when Miami was up 68-60 to 60 with just a few minutes to go and cruising to a victory. Take it out, scoring 11 to nothing by Pitt. Pitt wins at 71-68, scoring the last 11 of the game. They go to North Carolina. Carolina's won 6 of 7. The one they lost at Charlottesville when Baycott went down with that early injury. Uh, in Chapel Hill tonight, uh, North Carolina laying 8.5 to Pitt. Yeah, Pitt just kind of does what they did to you in that Miami game, don't they? Like You, you look at the, the sum of Pittsburgh's season this year, and it's a lot of games they not necessarily should be in, and all of a sudden they are. Or there's a big moment, a big swing at the end. Like It kind of reminds me a little bit of Providence last year where everybody threw the lucky term around. And at a certain point, you got to kind of say, eh, it, maybe it's not luck anymore. This team's doing this at such a consistent rate. Uh, to me, Pitt's a team that keeps games close in their last Five losses of the season, they've covered eight and a half points. Only two times in 22 games have they not covered eight and a half. And the last time that happened was November 16th. I mean, this is going on three plus months at this point where they play games closer than double digit spreads. And I think North Carolina is good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, to me, their, their quote unquote turnaround has been much more schedule based than anything else. The ACC last year got a lot of crap for being a really, really bad conference and just struggling teams everywhere. You know, are they going to get even two teams in the NCAA tournament? We all know how that turned out. They had three teams make runs. But uh, right now, like, I, I think the middle of the pack in the ACC is still pretty ugly to me. Like, Carolina's schedule of wins here, NC State, Syracuse, Louisville, Boston College, Notre Dame, 
none of those wins really mean much to me. So I like Pitt here. Uh, Ken Palm has this as a seven-point spread. Typically, that's one of the first things I'm looking at. If there's a point and a half, two points from where where it opens for me, might be a little value worth jumping on. Uh, just feels like a game Pitt can muck up and do the Pitt thing, where if it's down 10 with four minutes left, there's a late Panthers run to get the cover for us. Oh, well. I won't rhyme with it, but crap on Pitt after that 11-0 run on Saturday. That stung. So, yeah, no, they, but they, they, you know, the Clemson game at home when they were both 4-0. I mean, it just, they are involved in a lot of tight games. There's no question about it. Um, again, uh, Pitt plus the 8.5 uh, at North Carolina. Another one on, uh, this is an ESPN 3 game, 7 o'clock Eastern. Stay in the ACC. We're going way down in the standings here. Georgia Tech on the road, laying one and a half at Louisville. Yeah, you know how I said the ACC was kind of bad? Here's why. I mean, these two teams are horrible, and they both have to play conference games twice a week right now. Uh, But there are levels to bad in college basketball. Georgia Tech is, uh, I would say, somewhat respectably bad. You know, there's a lot of of major conference teams that uh, you just got a team with a losing record. Okay, whatever. They're probably going to be the cupcake that wins maybe two games in the conference slate. And then you have generationally bad, which is what I would categorize this Louisville team as right now. I mean, they're two and 19 on the season. Their two wins were Western Kentucky and Florida A&M, both at home. I have no idea how they beat Western Kentucky, to be honest with you. That's a pretty okay basketball team. Uh, This is just a team that has not even been competitive though. I mean, 13 of their 19 losses have been by double digits right now. They are the 299th ranked team in the Ken Palm database. There's never been a high major team ranked that low in the history of this database. So I, I think for now, I mean, if you give me any team that's a high major team against Louisville and in a two point spread, I feel like it's taking candy and I, I don't want to bet on Georgia Tech. I mean, they've lost seven straight themselves, but they are 5-0 and this season against teams outside the Ken Palm Top 200. I just think there's levels to how bad these two teams are, and I think if there's one side who's going to be licking their chops a little bit of like, you know, we are still a cohesive basketball team, and we don't get too many opportunities to go up against somebody our own size. I think that's sort of how Georgia Tech handles this game, whereas Louisville – I mean, I think they mailed in the season months ago at this point. So I'll jump on the Yellow Jackets and hope they can cover the spread. I think about Louisville, too, and one of the things I try and uh, explain to people, okay, college athletics have scholarship limitations, but it's also it's a non-salary cap league in whatever, football, basketball, whatever, and who spends more. Louisville is always in the top five of, of basketball budget. Always, you know, even even their athletic department, when you look at it, well, Brom kind of made a lateral move. Oh, he's just going back home. Well, no, Louisville has a more of a football budget and more of an athletic budget. And we know that the Big Ten Network, their share of that, Purdue, is more than what Louisville gets uh, from the ACC Network being in the markets that they are. My point is they ain't going to stay in path forever, you know, paying that money. So they're going to make a move. Something is going to happen. Uh, at Louisville, especially, you know, on the basketball side. Uh, last game you want to look at, and this is uh, Bedlam on the hard court. 9 o'clock Eastern tip-off on ESPN2, the second half after Florida, Tennessee. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's laying three and a half points. How about this? How much better is the Big 12 in the SEC? Well, let's see. Um, a 2-6 and six team in the Big 12 beat the best team, undefeated team in the SEC, 93-69. to 69. 
just keep shooting 70% from three, uh, Porter Moser. That's all it takes, but they were. They, got, they blasted Bama on Saturday. Oklahoma State 3-5 and five in the Big 12. The Sooners lay in three and a half. Yeah, I mean, that was 100% on my list for most shocking results of the college basketball season. And, uh, you know, coming from someone that had Alabama live in multiple fashions in that game, it was not fun to watch the way that second half played out. Uh, but I will say this. I think I've underestimated this Oklahoma team for the most part. And uh, I hope that's not me just getting duped by the great performance against the Crimson Tide. But looking back through their schedule, they might not have the wins to back it up. I think they've been pretty good at home this season. Uh, they did beat West Virginia at home in the last few weeks. And then all of their string of losses at home have been to top 20 teams in the country by one possession. I mean, a two-point loss to Baylor, a three-point loss to Iowa State, a one-point loss to Texas. Those are coin flip games, right? These are games that we just saw a team like Kansas lose three in a row of, and everybody's screaming, oh, are the Jayhawks broken? And now they run Kansas State out the gym, and they go to Rupp Arena and get a nearly double-digit point win against Kentucky. So I I just think, you know, you can tell a team's form sometimes just by – are they playing good teams in a competitive way? And Oklahoma is doing that right now. now I don't know that you can say the same for Oklahoma State. They're 0-5 this season against top 100 teams on the road. Their average margin of defeat in those games has been 12 points per game. So, you know, I might be getting duped just by how good they were against an Alabama team that I have the utmost respect for. But uh, I think, you know, in Norman – Tonight, that should make the difference, and three and a half is not enough. That's a game, you know, if it's a one-possession game late, you get one stop, some fouls, some free-throw luck goes your way, you feel good with the number. Uh, I, I that, that concerns me as well as far as the bounce factor. You know, it's kind of a horse racing term when a horse runs a huge race and then they kind of don't have as much uh, in the tank. Uh, Oklahoma, I hope at 93 to 69, did they still rush the court? I wasn't watching it then. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rush court fade guy the next time because, I mean, well, you don't think they were the players were partying a little bit over the weekend, uh, you know, after they win. But also, you know, the home court has a little extra juice in these rivalry games. For instance, like Auburn, Alabama, I take the home team every time, you know, Ole Miss, Mississippi State and some others. Uh, so, uh, boy, I tell you what, though, if they could just kind of continue or maybe they discovered something with a couple of confidence, you know, shooting is confidence, you know, as well. So we'll see. Oklahoma minus three and a half. I want to go back to that Florida-Tennessee game, Greg. Uh, we do have – and if they're not on Bed Rivers, they're probably not out there. They have the best prop uh, options of anybody. Uh, the team total for Florida uh, tonight is 63 and a half. By wow. the way, do you have an opinion? So you think that's high, huh? I, I do, man. I really do. I just I, – look, this team so frequently in losses is held under 60, and th- there is no defense in the country as good as Tennessee, simply put. Like, to me, this is a game – Florida's got to win the rock fight, and they're capable of winning the rock fight, but I don't see this as a game where Florida approaches 70 at all. Can they crack 63? Maybe, but uh, I would definitely be under that. I would have set that line around 60. All right, uh, so uh, again, Oklahoma minus three and a half, Georgia Tech minus one and a half, Pitt plus eight and a half, Florida, Tennessee under 32 and a half, 
and Purdue minus 10. Five pat, uh, five plays if you want to make it a six-pack, throwing that team total at under 63 and a half. I'll give you a suggestion as well tonight. Like Xavier, give me the Muskies at home against Providence in an early 6.30 tip uh, in the Big East. He's 9-3-1, three and 3-2 three and two last week. G-Wizzy Wednesdays. Follow Greg on Twitter at G-Wizzy12. And also, they do the great job at the Field of 68, including after dark every night after the game, sort of their, their studio show, their post-game show, uh, covering all of college basketball. Nobody does it than, uh, better than the folks at the Field of 68. For Greg Waddell, I'm Jimmy Ott, here on the uh, Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.